Hey you, yeah you, put the headphones in and crank it. You're listening to Trans Talk Raw. I'm the Snow Queen from the North, Nikki Marie Dawn, and I'm with my co-host, the hot blonde geologist, Terry Allen. We're a couple of trans survivors, rocking the airways, bringing you our lived experiences, opinions, and a ton of info about being transgender. This is episode 63, and we're interviewing Vicki Hodges from England. This lady is a real standout. With all the work that she does in her organization, moving the LGBTQ department forward, working to higher rankings on the Stonewall 100 list. She's an aerospace engineer and has a very powerful story about her transition. Now let's get the flight suits on and hear the engines roar. But y'all have the northern extension of the Appalachians in England, so... Yeah. Once upon a time, we were joined. <laughs> Many years ago. Many years ago. Yeah. Same same formation, same structure. I'm a geologist, by the way. So. Are you? I, really, uh, I didn't yeah. know. I uh, drop things like that into our discussion every now and then. She likes to talk about rocks. I like rocks. They're pretty. Okay. She likes to talk yeah, about diamonds, rocks. Diamonds are to, just really pretty rocks, you know. Diamonds she likes to really, like really pretty rocks. rocks. Okay. Gold, gold is just really pretty rock. Oh, uh huh. All right. <clears throat> Get ready for. Are the you started action. this meeting yet? What? Yeah, we are we ready? I'm ready. Says says ready? live. Oh, says we're live on Facebook. Of course, we're not, not there start, yet. I, ah, I start this that. fucking shit whenever I decide to start it. We're we're happening. We are happening now. Just start whenever you want. You don't. You we are live. Me. We are live to the masses. So we're, we're live. A little live oh, on oh, Facebook sorry. at the top yeah, of the you, you get to go like this and say hi and all of that sort of shit and everything. So anyway, everybody, <laughs> make welcome. it official, Nikki. Make it official. Okay, make it official. Okay, should I make it official? Yes, I'll make it yeah. official. Um, welcome everybody to Trans Talk Raw. Uh, our morning Saturday edition, as always, uh, on Facebook Live, and you can listen to us on uh, our podcast on Anchor. Um, today, we are fortunate to have the lovely Vicki Hodges with us, who is on the other side of the pond. Uh, so uh, fantastic to have you here. Um, we, uh, I've known Vicky for actually quite a while. Uh, I don't know how many years. I think it's been a few I, years. Anyway. I think it's about three, three or four years now. I think. God, it's crazy how yeah, much time I, I know time really flies. You know, it's it's a real strange coincidence, but today is my two-year anniversary for HRT. Well, really? congratulations! That's Yay. Awesome. Big, big Happy anniversary! That's fantastic. E E does a, a body good, a, not to mention the mind. Mm. Yeah, it's just a real strange coincidence that I have not spoken to Nikki for a while. And then today just happens to be the anniversary when we're doing this. So, yeah. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. No coincidence. The universe has spoken and we're going yes. with it. Okay. So Indeed. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay with that. Oh, gosh. Yes, so anyway, the universe, well, the universe has spoken. The yes, universe has yes, spoken. Yes. So uh, anyway, uh, Vicky, so why don't we start out with... Uh, you know, very first question that we always have for every person that we interview is, how did you come up with your name? Your name? How did you figure oh, out? How did that develop? Well, it wasn't actually the first name I chose. Um, there's no real background story to where the name came from. It was just, it's a name I've always liked. There's two names I've always liked, Vicky and Elizabeth. So I had, I chose both. So it's Vicky oh. Elizabeth Hodges, so that's the middle name. But there's no real story as to why I chose that. Um, 
It's just the name I like. There's no kind of reason. It's nothing to do with being royal or anything like that. You know, it's um, just just the name I like. That's pretty much it. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, so long as you enjoy no, it. No family connection, no great yeah. aunt. No, there's no, there's no being family with the name. There's nothing not like that. that. So it's like it's a, it's a name that doesn't really associate with anything, which is kind of a good reason to use it, I suppose. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I'm no, not pissing off a family member that's yeah. you, know, you decide to name yourself after them. And, anyway. Exactly, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. So um, we're, we're curious, obviously, and uh, now that we're past the big lead question here, um, why don't you give us a little bit of background as to um, when you first started to notice and realize who you truly were, like when you think back in your past and how that kind of developed and when was that? And... Well, I mean, it really first started to show when I was probably 10 or 11, where I was, you know, experimenting with clothing, should we say, and... You know, back in this is back in the sixties, seventies. You know, back in those days, there was no words to really explain what this was. You know, I mean, other than transsexual, yeah, or transvestite. Those were the two words back then. Yeah, but you know, as a living in the UK in the sixties, seventies, as a kid, you never really heard about those kind of things. It wasn't really until I would say. 90s that you would start to mm-hmm. hear about those kind of words being used in the press and stuff. What, what about so, Jan Morris? Were you aware of Jan Morris back then? Not then, no. I am not now. Then. I have recently bought her book. Um, can't remember the name of it. Because um, she she just passed away. Uh, she did a couple of a weeks month or so ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. No. yeah she yeah, she was one of the, the first book. trans people I knew of. Uh, yeah, back in I, the didn't, 70s. I mean, I didn't know about her at the time. Mm-hmm. It's only recently that I've learned about her. Really? But yeah, I mean, she she was a travel writer, wasn't she? She, I think she reported on the first um, Mount Everest. Expedition. Well, she was she was actually part of the first expedition. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what was Edmund Hillary? Yeah, Edmund Hillary. Yeah. 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 She she was part of that and actually uh, was the journalist, re, you know, reporting on it and everything. Yeah. Um, which is. Which yeah. is actually really cool. Before she transitioned, before yeah, she transitioned. Which is really cool. So, mm-hmm. so Vicky, where were you at ten? What were? Give us an so, idea location and and. Uh, yeah, I was living in uh, Manchester area. Okay. UK, in a little village called uh, Romley near Stockport. So, yeah, with my brother and sister, mum and dad, living in a little house, three bed semi house, and uh, yeah, I mean that's where that's where I lived until I was. I think I bought my first house when I was 21. I moved out when I was in my 20s. And, um, yeah, so it's, you know, it's it goes right, right back to childhood with me. And so who, who transed you back then? Who transed yeah, who, you? I mean, who gave you that's, your that's trans the, cooties? Who you know, the thing about the trans, trans kids <laughs> today is, like, somebody somebody trans them or they, they're being yeah, transed. I mean... Yeah. So who, Nobody really who trans you? Trans. Can you can you speak to that myth? I trans myself, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Nobody nobody influenced me like that at mm-hmm. all. It was it's just something within yourself that you mm-hmm. you know you, you you don't know how to deal with it when you're a ch- when you're a child, Fine. and then as you as you're growing up, going through your teens, you know, there's nobody around you who's in a similar situation. So I mean, it's just not something that you talk about back in those days. 
-hmm. It was suppressed, Mm -hmm. you know, totally suppressed in my Mm -hmm. experience. Um, All the way through my teens, young adult, all completely suppressed. I mean, I didn't really get to grips with it until I was in my 50s, really, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a late... I like to transition, as they say. But, um, well, you know, look, look at us. I mean, that was yeah. late, late 40s when I began to have to deal with it because it became too severe to right. repress it's anymore. A, and, it's and a lifetime of suppressing how you feel and living a double life, really. Yeah. You know, even even being married twice and in other relationships, too, you know, it's suppressed throughout all that time. Nobody knew except me. And I would, mm-hmm. you know, I would... Having really leading a secret double life, where if I'm in the house on my own, I would be dressed, you know, in girls' clothing and stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. it was a, yeah, a real big secret. Never came yep. out to anybody. How did you? How did you feel that you managed it? I don't think I managed it very well at all. I think it, I think it came out in me being frustrated about things. You know, it manifested itself as. I've always been a very quiet person and a bit kind of withdrawn, especially when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how it manifested itself. It's not until recently that I've been able to be myself and, you know, not worry about those things anymore. So, mm-hmm. you know, you really, I don't think, you don't realise you're doing it at the time, but you do suppress it and there are lots of consequences of that. You know, you've got all kinds of things in your life which help the suppression, such as religion, you know, the whole everything that's going on in society kind of suppresses it within you. There's no, there's no escape. There's no kind of. There's no, there's no, there's no win-win in coming no, out, no speaking to somebody. No. So, just curious. You know, and then the the other thing is, I think you have to be, you have to be ready within yourself, and you have to do it at the right time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you do it too soon, you know, your circumstances may not be appropriate. Yeah, you know. No, no, I, we we I, all transition yeah. when we when we need to. Yep. <clears throat> How did you manage so. it, Vicky? Like, was it really stressful um, in your thought processes and stuff like that? Like you said that you kind of didn't, didn't really realize it, but like, did you did you know? Uh, you know, how did you deal with that? Or did you just kind of, you know, go through life and not understanding what was going on and didn't really realize it? Or like, how did you deal with it? I think, you know, suppression was the big thing for me and uh, just denial, self-denial, denial. I went through periods of where I was, you know, I was actively being myself when I was on my own at home. And then I'd go through periods where I just totally deny it I'd throw everything out I'd purge everything mm-hmm. I did I went through several cycles of that purge 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 rebound, purge 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 again mm. yeah loads yeah, and loads fine. of times I must have spent a fortune on things then throwing them away and <laughs> buy them again you know yeah and then you mm-hmm. I guess you're dealing with the guilt it's like a guilt it's not I mean, yeah. there's nothing to be guilty about mm-hmm. but it's like a guilt it is like oh, a guilt is. really is uh, you're yeah. you're trying to repress it trying to overcome it trying to mitigate it in every yeah. shape form or possibility guess, did you did you research it a lot i did a lot any any library i was in i was looking up transsexualism transsexual those were the primary categories that we were listed under transgender winning the thing until like as you said the 90s did did you try to figure out really, why of it you know, no i don't think i really tried, tried to investigate and you know look into it that much 
Um, not until I, I, I was back in the UK in 2010. That's really when I started to think about seriously, you know, doing something about this and changing my life. Mm-hmm. You know, because in Did you know the name? Did you know the labels no, at all? Not maybe? really. Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 95 when I actually left the UK and went to Canada first time. I was going for a one-year work contract, which ended up being 15 years. And I, you know, I lived in, yeah, I lived in various different cities in Canada. A little extended, a little extended. Yeah, it just kept going and going and going, you know. These things kind of just keep going. I mean, so, you know, I lived in Toronto for a few years, Montreal and Vancouver. And then from there, I'd, uh, I went over to Seattle, worked there for a while. And from there down to Miami, and then came back to the UK in 2010. So, mm-hmm. you know, during that whole period, any thoughts of transition for me would have been extremely difficult to actually put into practice because I'm a foreigner in a foreign country mm-hmm. with just a work visa, no real access to any kind of med- medical assistance that, that, would, that would might might need other than... You can, you can access the medical system in Canada while you were there at all? Yeah, I could. In Canada, I could. Um, but it was all kind of, you know, I was I was still a foreign worker. Right. It wasn't until I left Canada and went to work in the States that I actually got my Canadian citizenship. So I was only a Canadian citizen for one day in Canada, strangely enough. I know that sounds weird, but that's how it worked out. <laughs> one day. One <laughs> day. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so then, I'm, then, I'm living, then I'm working in the U.S. as a Canadian with my Canadian passport and, you know, but I'm working under a visa. So I have health insurance through my um, private kind of, you know, you buy it yourself. But I was working as a contractor for many years, so it's not being provided by the company I'm working for. You know, I was paying for it myself, so it's quite expensive. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, a lot of times it wouldn't cover this kind of thing anyway. And then when I moved down to Miami, I was working for a company that, it wasn't contract anymore. It was a full-time employment basis. And their health um, insurance didn't cover it. So it was just kind of a, a no, an non-starter, really, to transition during that time I was out of the UK. Mm-hmm. Plus, I was married and divorced twice during that period. Right. So, you know, it was just like, it just wasn't the right time for me. I couldn't, I couldn't find a way to do it, even did, though I was did still, your Did your first wife know about you? No. No. Neither but, wife knew. I was, I, yeah, I would, I'd be curious to know, um, how do you think this affected your relationships with your wives? Yeah, I'm sure it had a big negative effect. I'm absolutely convinced about that. You know, because you're hiding something within yourself. You're leading a double life. And, you know, you're basically not being honest with the other person. So, yeah, things will begin to kind of, Mm-hmm. wear down in that relationship you know there was a lot there was a lot of kind of problems that were kind of related to the facts I was trans but I couldn't explain them you know so yeah I think it kind of you know it breaks down the relationship over time yeah you know, my, my first marriage was nine years my second marriage was six months Oh God! So, yeah. Well, you yeah, can't. You, you can, can never share your your, your entire person. Yeah. You're always no. either a facsimile think, thereof or just a piece yeah. of you. But you're never never whole. I mean, had I been able to 
share what was going on with me with one of those wives, well, maybe it would have been a different outcome. You know, it would have been mm, who a knows. Yeah. yeah, yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah. Um, so, I, I I ask this only because I know for a fact that you know Terry and I have talked about this before too, and everything, and it just really depends. Then um, it's a kind of a personal question. You don't have to go into too much detail, but I'm just curious. How do you think you it affected your sexuality with your wives? Well, I mean, you know, sex is sex. It's still enjoyable. You know, so. Okay. Um, I don't think sex it really. <laughs> I don't think it really affected me too much. I mean, yeah, there wasn't really any problems associated with sex as such. Right. It was. It's more of a kind of a personal, like, who who am I, thing rather than you know, right. sexuality. Yeah. See, I think, when, and the reason why I ask that is because obviously with myself, I felt that I felt uncomfortable about it because yeah. I, I was people do. You know, I, because it wasn't who I truly was. Oh, and yeah. I felt yeah. that the only reason why I was doing the act was to uh, live the false life that I was living and that I felt that I needed to do that in order to be able to, you know, pleasure the person that I was with in that regard, right? Um, mm -hmm. So it was something that was very, very, you know, and that's why I asked that question. Um, you know, I didn't really like sex. I, I think... Um, it was something that it was, it, it felt is that it was more just a thing that I had to do instead of actually going through and enjoying it completely. Uh, well, I, I enjoyed sex as, yeah. a, as a guy, not as not how I wanted to have sex. I would prefer to have sex as a woman, frankly. Mm -hmm. And that was always um, somewhat of a barrier to enjoying it completely, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I mean sex a, was still good. As you said, Vicky, sex is sex. Yeah. <laughs> Sex. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's weird too because obviously, um, you know, and it's, I mean, I've mentioned it numerous times before. I mean, I am bisexual and I have had uh, relations with both sexes. Um, and I felt actually truly more comfortable with men only because of the fact that I was, I would always play the female side of it, even though I wasn't, but I played that side of it because that's what I felt most comfortable with. So Do you think side, you're more straight now, Nikki? Um, have you, yeah. has your, has your, Ticker moved along well, that little spectrum line more to straight than well, by. For me, I, for me, the only way I, you know, I've described this before. I kind of enjoy the buffet table. Okay, I get to go and enjoy <laughs> anything that I want there, right? And it still is that way. But so sex is sex. Is that's what it, you're but sex no, is but sex. I would still say that even when we talk about that as a bit of a percentage, is, is that yeah, I think I lean more to that side of it. That where I, you know, um, it it just feels more natural to me. Mm. Uh, to be with a guy than with a woman at this point. And it's interesting that we talk about that. So um, something that we all talk about uh, here, and of course, Terry and I have been very open about this, is how does sexuality, ch has sexuality changed for you since you've been on hormones for the period of time that you have? Well, it's two years, as, as, we've, as we know. As we know, it's, I, I know, and it's only two years. Yeah, so I mean, I think it has definitely changed. Um, um, I think I, I'm think I, I think I think I'm more bisexual now than I was previously. So I've not I've not been in any relationships at all since my previous marriage ended. So you know, since 2010, 11, around that time, I've not had any kind of relationships with anybody. That's um, a long time. That's kind of a that's kind of a deliberate thing on my part because 
I didn't want my transition to kind of get in the way of having a relationship. You know, so I've not really met anybody new as yet that I could, that I think I could have a relationship with. But, you know, I don't think I'm strictly one way or the other. I think I'm probably bisexual. To yeah, be determined. Right. It's interesting, that, uh, you know, and so many people that we talk to, especially after, say, um, even in hormones, and that is one thing. But after GRS, it's even more significant, I think. Um, mm. how that, oh, that yeah. Is uh, your body aligned with your mind? Yeah. But it, I mean, it definitely does affect the mind. It's true. Yeah. Um, do, you, so, do you plan on having bottom surgery, Vicky? Um, yes. Not sure when, because it's very expensive, obviously. Mm -hmm. If I was to wait for the NHS, who knows how many more years that's going to be. Yeah. You know, So it's already been two, and I've heard nothing from the gender identity clinic. Mm -hmm. So by the time I get in there and then have to go through that process and you know, then start to get into the waiting times for surgery, with the NHS, we're probably looking at another five years from this point. Right. Um, Going privately for that kind of thing, it's you're looking mm -hmm. at thirty thousand, you you know, British pounds to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, it's not something cheap. It's right. um, thirty thousand pounds. Thirty yeah, thousand. That's you know, you can go. You obviously you can go to the Pi Institute. You you know what? And uh, again, I think we I've talked about this before on the show too. We've got Dr. Brassard in Montreal, twenty five thousand yes. Canadian. Yeah, I mean, there are options overseas. I'm talking about within the UK. That's the, typically the price you, you pay. Um, there may be some cheaper options. I'm not sure. But uh, come, yeah. come to the problem, US. The problem, you can have it done for about 20, 22. Yeah. Thousand so, dollars, US dollars. Yeah, so. US dollars. The, the, problem, the problem with going overseas, though, is if you need to have any revision surgery, you've then got the additional expense of going back. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it soon costs soon mount up you know, I know so. but, but when you talk about 30,000 pounds Canadian no, no, no. dollars that's a lot there's a significant difference mm -hmm. there in costs and for a flight across the, the the pond I think it's about 700 bucks right so you know I mean obviously you know when you take a look at it um, you know there, there at least you have different options that you could take a look at especially if the pressure comes to a point where you need to make change and who you are, where your development is, yeah, right? 30,000 30, pounds is 40,000 US dollars. Yeah. Yes. And you can get it done here for half that, 20, yeah. 20 grand. Yeah, so that, it's, it's a big difference. And the other thing is, too, uh, the one good thing that at least you have, uh, Vicky, is you've got a Canadian, a, a Canadian citizenship, which will allow yeah. you to yeah, be, really. you know, looked upon in a different light than if you were just a citizen traveling from overseas and getting could she could she get it through the canadian system Nikki? well is she it, needs to be system? actually a resident resident of, so she has to be a resident of but you know i mean uh yeah it, i think i would have to re-establish residency in one of the provinces and then take it from there i'm not sure i could just come in as a canadian who's not resident and right yeah, access but, to the treatment. Probably not. No, no but yeah. Yeah, I think if you let's let's look at it this way. Um, so, looking at all sides of this coin, um, you were to come over, you were to have something done, say something uh, 
there was a bit of a complication or something. At least in Canada, you would be taken into a hospital right away because you're a Canadian citizen. You would not have to pay for that. Everything would be okay and taken care of and done. So I think that's one of the biggest worries that a lot of individuals have, traveling overseas, getting getting, uh, uh, something done, is if there is potentially a complication, all of a sudden now, like, I mean, in the U.S., you're paying exorbitant amount of money for hospital care, et cetera, et cetera, which can be really damaging. But at least if you took a, an, op- an option of potentially coming to Canada and having it done, at least you know that you would be safeguarded in that respect. So something else to maybe take a look at. Yeah. So the Canadian option is, is definitely one I need to look into. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, st- I'm still kind of waiting to see what's going on with the U.K. system at the moment. Interestingly, I've recently been invited by a new gender identity clinic that's just been set up in Manchester called Indigo. Is oh. it private? A private it's one? Called, no, it's a it's an NHS one, but it's really? it's one of three new pilot schemes that they're introducing. Um, this is not by the current government, as they would have you believe. These have been in the in the planning for years, but um, the one in Manchester called Indigo is um, it, rather than going to an actual facility for the for the, um, the sessions. I believe this one's going to be based in GP surgeries within Greater Manchester. Mm. So it's you know it's a little better, and it's been designed and it's going to be run by some trans people as well. So it seems like a really good new way of doing it, and I've been invited to move from my current uh, Sheffield GIC to this new one and hopefully that will reduce the wasting time for myself. Right. Whether it's that would be nice. Going to, yeah. I mean, whether it's going to be as good as it sounds is still yet to be determined. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be calling me in the next few weeks to have a chat and right. to explain it off to me. It's, so, yeah. It, I mean, it, it could get me in there a little quicker. Um. And the service may be better, and what they provide may be better, but it's all it's all really right. unknown at this point. Well, so I have to weigh that up compared to waiting probably another six months to get into the Sheffield right. GIC. Yeah. And who knows which is better at this point? I don't know. Yeah. A uh, couple of things that I just want to say, too. Uh, Donna has just mentioned that she's got 25 days to uh, bottom surgery if mm-hmm. COVID doesn't mess up again. <laughs> so uh, congrats. Yeah. And, our, and our friend who just we have Nikki and I have a friend that that lives near me here in Alabama. She just had hers done this this week, this, this week past well. Monday. Yeah. And she just got in under the, the cutoff. COVID. Jamie said that the surgeries have been cut off. Right. Yeah, which is which is brutal, and I mean, obviously, COVID is causing a lot of other things. And another quick comment here, um, you know, with all the negativity around the UK, what's going on, um, especially obviously with the, uh, you know, everything that's being um, pushed forth against trans kids and stuff like that. Mm It is nice to be able to hear a little bit of good news that maybe there are some potential options of NHS uh, specific clinics that are being set up um, to be able to maybe help that. So. Uh, fingers crossed that this continues to move forward in a more positive way, um, at least yeah. in that regard anyway. I mean, obviously, we're st- we're, everybody is totally and completely against the fact of what, um, you know, has occurred and happened with trans kids and the blockers and everything else. Oh, yeah. And they're going to they're going to go after the adults. They're not they're not going to stop. Yeah, but, the, but this is a, it's kind of an interesting thing, because when we look at all of the 
you know, the issues that are going on in the UK right now against the trans community. And then to hear this potentially going on is maybe a little bit more of a positive light, at least anyway. So, you know, fingers crossed that, you know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel and we always have to continue to hope and be positive that there can be change. I mean, the UK has been sliding back over the past couple of years. I've gone from being number one in Europe for LGBTQ rights to number 10. Yeah, we're slipping down the chart. Definitely, you are slipping down the chart quite significantly. So we all, we always yeah. need I mean, to be, you know, cognizant of that. Yeah, it can go backwards anywhere yeah. you are. Well, I think anything well, is going to shift back and forth. It, just the way it is. One slightly good piece of news, which is coming out about this um, GID um, blocker case, is that. Although, the, although this ruling has been made, they're, they're not allowed to enforce it yet because it's going to be an appeal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, GPs, etc., are still allowed to prescribe, even though they may not be doing so through fear. They are allowed to whilst the appeal's going on. So that, that could give a bit of an extension to people to, through to March, April, um, after which... The appeal will go through, and we'll, that'll go into up to the Supreme Court, probably. So, mm-hmm. right, it's, it's not the you know it's that that case is not over; it's still being fought. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Which is and, awesome that you know a, an appeal has been made because that decision they made is just so erroneous. Yeah, it's just well, so erroneous. I mean, yeah, it is. Uh, Talking and, about there needed to be a control group for all this. It's like uh, I'm a control group. I went through. Yeah, natural puberty as a trans kid. It didn't fix me. Didn't fix me. There's thousands of us that it did not fix. And I mean, you know, when we talk about it, and everybody knows my story too. Fuck, I went through conversion therapy, and I went through electrical shock treatment, and I went through the whole fucking deal at like seven years old, six and seven years old. Uh, Yeah, worked really well, didn't it? No, not really. You know, so again, I mean, obviously they have to, uh, you know, it, 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 once again, they base all of their statements on non-factual information. They just throw mm-hmm. it out there. They, you know, slander, they slice, they, uh, they, they hit us with hate. They look for one case and use that yeah, as I mean, strength it's, against it's one case. It's one case and what they should have done, that one yeah, individual. One, one, one detransitioner. One detransitioner. Uh, yeah, that, that individual should have should have sued the hospital that was involved. Exactly. And dealt, and dealt with it as a as a one issue case. You know, it's not mm-hmm. there was no need to bring all this extra nonsense into it. I mean it's you know, the thing that's really distressing for me at the moment is that some some kids who have already been prescribed or are taking blockers are now having that stopped. Mm-hmm. So think of the trauma associated with what they're going through. Yeah, just, know, it's, it's, it's like none of that matters. Horrendous. It's like none of that matters. It doesn't matter what evil be fostered upon these kids who are already, you know, transitioned at school or socially living as a gender they identify with, have been on blockers for a couple of years, and they're, you're just going to strip it away and make yeah, them and then go they'll through. start to go through unwanted mm-hmm. puberty, and then later on they're going to have to have additional medical help to rectify it you know oh, yeah. so the, the cost the cost to your health system will be more yes. will be greater and it, it, because it, of what they're going to do to them well and the, yeah, the biggest part and the scariest part of all of this is is uh you know the potential you know well-being of these kids 
um, this, you know, what's the suicide rate going to look like? Like, are we going to be on suicide watch with a whole ton of individuals because of the fact of this ruling? And yet they turn around and state, oh, we're doing it for the well-being of the children. Bull <laughs> fucking shit. You are placing individuals in mental states that could create loss of life. Take the fucking responsibility for that. But they don't. They only well, focus I mean, you, on what they see. Yeah, you have to look at the, who, the people who are behind this, the team of lawyers, the, you know, one, of them, one in particular, which I won't mention, but he's also been involved in a lot of kind of um, anti-abortion, anti-women's rights yeah, typical. issues in the States. You know, they're, gonna, they're probably going to go after abortion for... Oh yeah, the whole con- the consent thing, you know. the whole consent. Yeah, thing. yeah, everything. Yeah, the Gillick yeah. Gillick consent, all that. I think they're going after all that next. So oh yeah, know, this, this is just, just a stepping a, stone for them. This is not just a trans issue. They're using the trans issue as a wedge issue well, to you know, like, um, you know yeah. to, to go further with their agenda. That's what. Well, it's about. and it's the same thing in the same way that most other countries do it too. They bring the most biggest, hottest topic at the very top of the agenda and make it all hype it up and everything else. And then they try to pass 62 other things underneath that they don't even mention about, right? Oh, let's cloud all of this up. So you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously it has a whole array of things that it will affect when these particular laws start to pass. But I mean, just the aspect of like, you can strip a teenager of the consent to their own medical care just on this one issue, but it's okay to consent on everything else. Yeah. I know. It's, it doesn't it, make any it, sense. It, it's, it's total ridiculous. So, yeah. So anyway, Vicky, uh, another thing that I wanted to quickly bring up um, with with people, because I, I know kind of what you're involved with now. Obviously, um, you uh, you are an engineer, um, you know, which is fantastic. Uh, really going to show that trans women can achieve a lot in their lives and, if, you know, and moving forward in that. Um, tell me a little bit uh, or tell us a little bit about you know, what's going on in your corporation uh, in regards to diversity and inclusion and where do you stand on that kind of stuff? Well, I do work for a large uh, UK defense company, engineering firm. I won't mention which one, but it's pretty obvious. Um, So yeah, I'm an engineer, Um, currently working on some US programs actually. So, I mean, in terms of uh, diversity and inclusion and how they handle trans issues, they, when I transitioned, which is about a year and a half ago at work, um, they had a policy called the Transitioning at Work Policy, which was really well, uh, well written, and it, Stonewall had helped to put it together for them. So it was, uh, you know, it's a very well written policy. In, in recent weeks and months, we've been updating that policy, and it's now been renamed to the Gender Identity Policy because it now includes. Um, non-binary, non, non-binary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which is a really good improvement. So about a year and a half ago, there was an opportunity for me to get involved with the company's employee resource group that deals with LGBT issues. So there was an, there was an opening for a kind of like a voluntary position within there, which I applied for. I got down to the last two, but I didn't quite get it. I think the reason I didn't get it was because the other person was more kind of known amongst the others. I was kind of the new person, the other person had been there much longer than me. So, I mean, that didn't really set me back much. What I did instead of taking that, I took a different position, which put me 
as a site champion for LGBT ERG group. And I'm also a diversity and inclusion champion for the site as well. So at my particular location, there's about three and a half thousand people work there. So I'm one of three DNI champions and I'm the only LGBT person on site. Wow. Well, re representative on site, not right. person. Right, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we've been dealing with lots of little issues that come up and we've recently started to get some changes through, which is really good. You know, there was, there was, they had a policy around how do you update your details within the employee system if you want to change your name or change your gender or title. And there was a kind of a block against people who were trans to change their uh, gender marker within that system without producing a gender recognition certificate, which can take, you know, at least two years to get. You know, you have to have been, you know, in transition for two years before you can get it. Um, so we've, we've now had that changed so that it can now be based on just the fact that you've got a depot or you've got a new driving license or a new passport. So you can now change it. You don't have to go through this process of producing a gender recognition certificate that not everybody has anyway. Right. You know, so that's a, that's a big improvement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's uh, other things that are going through around how... Um, bathrooms and changing rooms are accessed. They're, they're currently, we've got male, female um, toilets and changing rooms. And there's, you know, under the Equality Act, anybody can use them who identifies with male or female. But there's a, there's a bit of a question around what do uh, non-binary non people do in that situation? So we're trying to, we're trying to make both the male and female toilets and changing rooms totally inclusive of trans and non-binary people by including in those rooms, you know, things such as sanitary disposal bins, um, vending machines for sanitary products and other products, mm -hmm. you know, so that a trans man going into the men's, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's stuff in there for them to use. Right. And vice versa. So, you know, it's little changes like that, practical things which are making a big difference and, you know, we have a big list of things that we're working on and getting getting traction on these things is not always easy but if you persist you know contact the right people within the organization mm -hmm. and make sure that you don't you know you're not you're not just joking around this is serious stuff we want to change things they do come around eventually and they, they you know they will agree with you and start putting things in place so we've been doing that for a year and a half and starting to make some progress now which is really good well, that's awesome. I mean, obviously, because you yeah. do work with such a huge organization, it's nice to see that uh, these organizations, although the political powers of be are seeing it in one way, organizations are still pushing forward in change and acceptance yeah. levels. And I think that's critical because really politicians come and go. Um, but it's truly what is lived and individuals like you that are able to make policy changes like that. I mean, you know, good on you, girl. Really happy that you're in the position. Yeah, so, you know, it's chipping, chipping away at the block and yeah. little little micro changes eventually gets the bigger changes through too, you know. So we've also been trying to get the company to sign up to a trans rights or human rights statement that's been put out by Stonewall. And they're kind of resisting that a little bit at the moment, but we've got meetings planned to talk about the reasons the blockers, they feel why they can't do that. 
So yeah, why can't they to, do that? I mean, it's like yeah. pretty obvious. The very simple so thing, trans exactly people are excuse, humans. Uh, the reason they give, or the excuse they give, I should say, is, uh, oh, we don't do that kind of thing. Well, you know, maybe it's time you did. Did, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, we're trying to, trying to work with them to understand what reasons they have for not wanting to do it and see if there's any obvious blockers that we can eliminate in that process. Right. So they can feel more comfortable in, in saying we support LGBT people publicly. Because mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's a bit of re- reluctance in the company to make a public statement on those. Yeah, because they fear backlash. They, they, think it's, they, they think it's about politics, but it's not. It's about human rights, really. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So, you know. Yeah. But, you know, with, with the press y'all have in the UK, with the constant barrage of anti-trans <laughs> articles yes. that have... It's occur again and again and again and again but, and the platforming of these people is yeah. mind-boggling but I, I think it's yeah. imperative too though that you know like what Vicky's doing and in the organization I mean it's a powerful organization it's a huge company and it is. That, that's what we yeah, need but they, they see all these articles and they see the backlash yeah, that occurs from society over there and that is why it is yeah. political. Oh, it is don't political. want to but, sign but on it, to such but a But in turn, if these organizations start to step to the forefront, making it public knowledge that this is what they, their policies are, that's the way you're going to make change. Agreed. You know, and having huge corporations say, no, this is crap. We need to move forward, right? Um, I think and that's how, it, how truly it will make change. No question. I mean, that, that's how it's kind of occurred in the United States, that companies – are seeing that the diversity in their employees is really great for the bottom line. And so here in the States, that companies have become, really have become our ally when our government has gone in the other direction. And of course, money talks. And if you get enough companies on board, it changes the government. Well, one one of the things I think that's extremely important as well, and when you talk about that, Terry, you know, when we take a look at the youth and everything, and obviously the youth that are coming up, you know, the, the teens, the 20s, and even 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 in the, uh, the younger 30s and stuff, I mean, there's a lot of great talent, whatever areas it might be and that your profession is, there's a lot of great talent. A lot of these individuals are starting to look and saying, well, when I go to work for a company, I want to make sure that they have diversity and inclusion there. Okay, and it's something Mm -hmm. that I think that's critical. Mm -hmm. So companies have to be aware that truly the bottom line is the recruitment for the future of the organization is depending directly on what policies are being at the forefront and what's happening in that regard. So I think, again, I think it's the larger organizations Mm -hmm. that need to come forward at the forefront and realizing that there is a. Well, here you go. Some of the best coders, software designers, guess what? They're trans. I mean, yeah. you take a look at it. Like, yeah, Lynn, Lynn Conway, who just go. got an apology from IBM about a month ago for yeah. firing and, and her how many decades? years ago. Decades? Years ago. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. You know, so again, I think it's uh, it's truly at the forefront of that. Um, so I'm going to change topic just a bit. Um Vicky, I'd like you to kind of now you have you went through an experience um, and kind of at the lead here. And I think you know where I'm going with this one. Um, Vicky, please tell us about your spa experience on your holiday. 
with your family God. and how that all went down. Talking <laughs> of the wonderful British press. Yeah. Um, so about a year, it was actually a year ago mm-hmm. when we had a, uh, an annual family holiday planned for a, a large, uh, I'm not sure I should mention the name, but it's a large UK company that has holiday homes where you go and it's all inclusive and they have kind of lots of adventure things you can do. I won't mention the name, but um, I think everybody will know what it's, what it's called. It's in the it's all in posts and in the newspapers everywhere, so don't yeah. worry. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, it's public knowledge. It was Centre Park. It, so it is, yeah, yeah. So I, before we went on this holiday, I thought, okay, well, I better just send them an email and just check what their what their policy is, is on trans people using changing rooms in their spa area because I normally, whenever I've been there, I've always had a treatment in the spa. So you know, this this would have been the first time I'm going you know, as me, and I wanted to know what the policy was, so I sent them off an email, and I got a reply saying, oh, well, you know, only those people who have been through the transition process completely, like right through the process, can use the female changing room. So what they're implying there is that you've had to have had mm-hmm. surgery before you can use the bathroom or changing room. So, that, you know, that's in direct conflict with the Equality Act. So we went through this um, series of emails back and forth asking about, you know, can you explain what your policy means? What do you, how is this reflective of the Equality Act? You know, trans people are perfectly entitled to use changing rooms and bathrooms, mm-hmm. which matches their yeah. identity. It's, it's the law. <laughs> it's the law. We have it's, protect, law. it's a protected mm-hmm. characteristic within the Equality Act. So, you know, unless there are some really, you know, important reasons why that can't be the case, there are some exceptions, you know, the law has to be followed. So this went back and forth for quite some time. And at some point I got um, quite annoyed with this, as you can imagine. So I got in touch with Pink News and they, they, they published an article on it with my story. And it kind of went a bit crazy in the UK because all the other Newspapers picked it up, and it was yeah, it was it was probably in about nine national newspapers across the country. So, wow, yeah, it was quite an experience, let me tell you. And it, I mean, it eventually got resolved by me getting in touch with a barrister who offered to, you know, help me out pro bono, and um, with her help and with some other people's help, put together a nicely worded letter. And within about 24 hours of sending this letter, the head of uh, customer relations was calling me. And we, we went through the, you know, all, the whole case and what the law is, how it's supposed to be followed, etc. And in the end, they agreed that they were wrong. They apologized. And they said, you know, you're very welcome to use whichever changing room you want to, which I did. And everything was fine and normal as it should be. So, you know, on the day I went, it was it was just perfectly normal as it should be. Yeah, it non, it's just a non-issue. It's just a right. non-issue, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But so, I mean, you know, we, we avoided going to court. We avoided all the legal expenses of doing that. Mm-hmm. They backed down in the end. They apologised. And, you know, hopefully they learned something from it. They did, they did thank me for bringing the topic up in the end and, you know, helping them to understand it. So hopefully that's made some changes 
and other people who may have experienced that won't, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and I think. Good, uh, good, good, yay. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, you know, the, what, the risk, that, there's, there's some big risks with these kind of legal cases because oh, yeah. if you take them to court, you know, you could lose, you could set a precedent the wrong way. And yes, yeah, it's you have to be very careful what you do. And, mm -hmm. you know, it can get very expensive. We're talking 50, 60,000 pounds expensive, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Very expensive. Yeah, that's right. why you want one of the civil right groups on your side right. and yeah, hopefully definitely. provide legal aid and they take your case on and all that. So, yeah. 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 I mean, I would always, I was always advise people if you can resolve it without legal mm -hmm. expense, try to do because, you know, you'll still get your victory. But Yeah. It's, it's a very much a win-win if you can no, do it that way. Yeah. A win-win. A win-win is a good way of explaining. Mm -hmm. explain. yeah, and, yeah. And I mean, you've set the groundwork now that other individuals that are trans and non-binary now can feel much more comfortable potentially going into this situation as well. The staff and hopefully policy has been now, you know, changed in this yeah. uh, holiday, uh, you know, organization so that it does reflect it that others will be feeling safer when they go to these locations and they'll feel more comfortable about being able to go to these locations. So I think now, again, hopefully, hopefully it's gone you know, towards, you know, that company producing some nicely worded policies. I hope so. I hope so too. It would it would be almost interesting yeah. to follow up and just say, hey, I just you know uh, just to see. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Go for another holiday yeah. and see you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I mean that's fantastic. See, I mean, and then when I actually got there and used the changing room, well, inside the changing room, there's a private cubicle anyway, so you can use those if you want to. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's, like, it's like, what? what is the big deal? No one yeah, what is, is the deal? You have a, inside yeah, the, inside like, the uh, changing room, there's a private cubicle for anybody who wants to use it for any reason. Use it. So, yeah. And I can guarantee you any trans woman who has not had bottom surgery is going to want yeah. to use that cubicle. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. that's the last thing any one of us want anybody to see. Of course. Is mm. our bottom anatomy. Yes, it's like, exactly. Really? No, no. But I no. mean, we don't even want to see it. Why do we want to show it to <laughs> yeah. everybody else? I don't want to see it's it. Like I don't want to see brilliant. it in the mirror. No, I mean, I don't want anybody else to see it. Not, you know? not. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. It, uh, I don't know. They they think we're just marching in there, parading our anatomy all around, waiting for the first vulnerable woman to attack or something. And yeah, and there have been zero totally zero cases, zero cases, zero cases of, that. Yeah. of any totally assault by a it's a ridiculous argument based on fear. It is. Mm -hmm. Fear-mongering. It is fear-mongering. It's always their number one way to go at us. You know, it always has been against any marginalized community. It's always fear-mongering. Mm -hmm. It's so far from reality that it's mm -hmm. just not funny. You know, it's like... Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how so many people believe it. The delusion oh, so, is so deep. Yeah. You know, the, the, um, the backlash to all this was mm -hmm. that... I um, I updated what happened on my um, Twitter page, and the, the I'm not sure. You've, have you heard of Mumsnet? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So mm -hmm. they had a couple of threads going on this topic of me going into centre parks, and you know it was a a huge thread on there. It had over a thousand comments, and and I'd been I'd been on there too under a different name just a made-up name, you know, trying to defend myself. So I took great pleasure in updating them that 
Vicky Hodges had gone to Centre Parks and everything was okay and the company were fine with it. And then I revealed to them, by the way, you've been talking to Vicky Hodges all this time. And they didn't like that on Mumsnet, as you can imagine. Oh, no. There was, like... there was a huge kind of backlash on there. How dare you? Yes. Yeah. How dare you be an you imposter know, really... and come on here and tell us the truth and show us <laughs> true facts? Yeah. My gosh, a, we can't a... have that. I think what happens on Mumsnet is there's like there's a hardcore of gender critical mm-hmm. turfs who kind of patrol the comments, and anybody who's not saying something they like, they, they kind of pounce on them. And uh, yeah, yeah, it seems like a very deliberate thing that we do on that. Yeah, yeah, but it's, for sure. Yeah, it's so. Um, so I want to I want to change the, con- the 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 direction here a little bit, go into no. a different direction. Yes. Um, one of the things that you haven't talked about, Vicky, at all through our conversation today so far is family acceptance. And how did you come out to family? How did that kind of occur and happen? And what did it happen? Response? Well, it doesn't always I mean, happen, but, you know, it doesn't always yeah. happen. I'm very, I'm very, very fortunate in the fact that my family were totally accepting. Every single last one of them was totally accepting. And I, I and that's I was, awesome. I wasn't sure that was going to happen. I was quite concerned about the fact that that might not happen. You know, a lot of friends of mine don't have that experience at all. They have a totally opposite experience. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm very fortunate that my family was so accepting of me. I mean, to get, to get me to the point of being able to tell them, I spent several months chatting with Nikki and going through, you know, Nikki's kind of, um, uh, what, what would you call it, Nikki? Your life coaching process yeah my therapy coaching consulting process if you want to call it that i I call it now i have i've got the new phrase for it now it's called theracoach salting okay that's bizarre yeah that's Mm -hmm. it that's weird but that's my new my new tag i mean it's really maybe maybe come out with a new tag because that sounds weird yeah i mean that 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 life coaching (laughs) thing i mean it really helps Mm -hmm. you to identify within yourself why you can't do something what's blocking you from doing it fear. and then you kind of come up with fear usually fear it is and it's a root, kind of root cause with, it's always a root cause yeah but yeah. then you come up with a strategy of how to kind of get around your fears and mm-hmm. you know get rid of your fears and then you become empowered to be able to do what you do mm-hmm. i found it a really useful experience to go through that with nikki's help and uh that's how I ended up being able to tell my family and coming out to work because, you know, Nikki kind of, she doesn't do it for you. You know, no. you kind of, you do it together and it kind of, you, you come up with your own method of dealing with it and getting through it. And it's, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, cool. And it seemed like it was really good too. Um, like you said, that you've had all the acceptance from everybody in the family. Um, which is yeah. actually, to be honest, like Terry said, extremely rare. Uh, it is extremely yeah, rare. And to get it from everybody, I know so many trans women have person. lost contacts with their kids mm-hmm. permanently. I think, I've, you know. I think I've only lost contact with two friends, one, one in Canada who um, just kind of stopped talking to me once I told him, and a friend in the UK who was kind of didn't want to be associated with trans people because other people might think that she was trans, which I thought, well, you know, <laughs> I don't think I really need to keep this relationship going. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. nice to have known you, bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. No. Yeah, we, we don't need any more shit in our lives. You know? No. So, you know, I think so you're not going to support me. You're not a friend. Mm-hmm. That simple. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. just a couple of friends kind of, I don't, you know, I lost along the way, but I've made so many new friends. You know, that's the thing to think about. You might lose one or two friends, but you're going to gain a, a huge family. Right. Yeah. A family that you choose rather than mm-hmm. you remember. Right. And then, and so that's, that's your personal side of it. So give us a little bit of an indication of what it was like, uh, when you first came out at work and how people responded and how, you know, maybe kind of the dynamics of that. Well, I mean, once I, once I kind of plucked up the courage to go ahead with that, and what I did was I approached the company's um, ER, ERG, the Employee Resource Group, which covers LGBT people. And what they did was they, they have a gender identity lead and she's in a different site. So she found somebody at my site who could act as an ally for me. And she checked with them first, would it be okay for you to talk to somebody in your site about being trans? And they said, yes. So I then kind of approached that ally and said, hi, it's me. And then we, then we approached HR and we discovered that, oh, there's a policy for this. So we followed the policy. And it was a really, it was really a smooth process. I mean, there's a, I don't think that I actually used the policy before. I think I was the first one to use it at our site. But um, yeah, it was very, it was very smooth. There's a few issues with IT things still, you know, that take a lot of sorting out because they just don't have the system set up to make the kind of changes that you need to do when you're changing first name and last name. Because most people only change the last name; they don't change the first name. So, you know, the whole IT issue is problematic, but eventually got through it pretty much. Um, but in terms of acceptance with my team, yeah, they were, you know, everybody, every single one of them was really welcoming, accepting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first week I was in work as me, I was getting uh, some of the girls in the office were kind of giving me scores for my outfits each day, you know. So that was really <laughs> Uh, you know, I got, I got some nines. I got some nines and tens, so that was really nice. You know, nice. Yeah, that's great. That's kind of nice. takes away your fear, and yeah, um, these people really kind of have accepted me. Yeah. You know, w- so. women. Yeah, women are great. They yeah. are. Yeah. The yeah. acceptance totally one gets as a trans woman from other women. I think you know these these amazing. are really young colleagues at work. You know, in the mm-hmm. trances, I'm in my fifties, so yeah. they've, uh, they've, <clears throat> they've kind of adopted me as Auntie Vicky. You know, yeah. which is kind of cute. That is nice. That is really that, nice. That, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, obviously your company is uh, quite diverse in multicultural areas. Um, did you find any any individuals that were maybe a little bit put off by it or had difficulty bigots, with it? Any bigots come out of yeah, the there's, dark? Yeah, there's one or two. One or two people did struggle with it. But, um, you know, I think it was probably a little bit of shock and a little bit of they've never experienced it before. I've never met a trans person before, but I, I don't think any 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 individuals who kind of were a bit weird about it. It didn't last for more than three months. You know, after that initial three month period, everybody was okay. Everybody was fine. One person stopped talking to me, and then started talking to me again. So I think it was just it wasn't really anything to do with me. It was just them kind of working through 
you know, oh, look, yeah. there's a trans person. I've never seen one well, of those before. Right. You know, so it's, it's kind of, it was more about them accepting yeah. it than anything. We, we are rare. We are rare. We are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the attention we get, especially oh in the gosh. UK press, yeah. you would think we are overrunning everything. You know, and I, I, I think yeah. I believe, too, that, you know, we see all of this, this political bullshit that goes on, all of these groups that are against us, the TERFs, everybody else. And, of course, people that have never met a trans person, per se, get this thought in their head. It's not that they're bad people. OK, but they get their thoughts in their head because they hear all of this bullshit. OK, until they finally meet one. And then it's like, hold it. Wait a minute. You're nothing like what these idiots are saying over here. You don't have a third eye in your forehead no, or a tail or cloven hooves or, you know, spit well, fire. I've hidden it under my <laughs> Oh, OK. That, well, we do appreciate that. OK, well, thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does yeah. add to the makeup routine. But, you know. You know right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's three brows. Oh my gosh, that brow, <laughs> two brows is hard enough to do every morning. Three brows. <laughs> but yeah. Those those eyes at the back of your head as well. You have to do those. Oh yeah, so yeah. Hiding the yeah, tail in the sure. pantyhose is for sure. Hell. You know, and I think I think so. Again, I think it's at the forefront there when uh, you know, and like you said, it was for a few months. They probably had to adapt. They probably had to realize that it was like, hold it, wait a minute, just another person. There's no real yeah. difference here, right? It's and you get a, they get acclimatized to you. All of a sudden, it's like, well, nothing ever changed. You know, I, I just tell them it's the same person inside. It's the same person. Nothing's changed. It's still the same bad jokes. It's still the same <laughs> <laughs> miserable person who's not had the coffee in the morning. You know, nothing's changed. It's just. Oh, we, I, I think you know we do change, Vicky. We become more complete. People, be, I think we people get a complete yes. version yes. of yeah. us rather than the yeah, more genuine version. Right. Yeah. More yeah, genuine, I mean, living, more whole. Just, just, we become just better people the all the way around. Makes you a lot happier person, you know. Mm-hmm. You're no longer having to lead that double life. Right. It makes you happier. Yeah, yeah. it does. And so <clears throat> you mentioned too, do you find yourself more outgoing now? Oh yeah, much much more. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, so you kind of you kind of went from the total on in, introvert to uh, being much more well, not maybe much more extroverted, but at least a little bit more extroverted in the fact of you're being comfortable with who you are and being able to express yourself. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever be as extroverted as you, Nikki. But I definitely. Uh... <laughs> there, there is nobody that's as extroverted. No, as Nikki. I, I, I haven't run into too many people like me, uh, she, which is probably she's on a, good a level thing. unto herself. Yeah, I was going to say she's, uh, she's in her only. Yeah, it's probably a good thing. Uh, I don't think many could handle many more of my type, uh, you know, so it's it's probably a good thing that way. So, yeah. Uh, any words that uh, and and things that you could say to somebody out there that's maybe potentially words in the process or concerned of or still in that realm of to, to, not coming out? Any advice that you can give or to, suggestions or thoughts? Yeah, I mean... You know, and for anybody who's kind of still in the closet and egg, very scared about coming out and and you know doing something about it, I would I would say, yeah. I mean, I understand. I understand the fears. It's all fear. It's basically okay. fear of. It's fear of the unknown. It's fear of rejection. Fear of, you know, losing your job, losing your house, losing money, all those things. That's that. I think that's the kind of the where the fear comes from. But I can reassure you that you, there may be a lot of negativity online but in the real world there's very little yeah. I've had very it's much, little much better in the real world 
Yeah, I've really had very, very little negativity in the real world, mm-hmm. you know, apart from that incident. Yeah. But, um, but it makes you wonder where that, you know, a lot of us don't experience the negativity that we see online, on Twitter, Mumsnet, elsewhere, mm-hmm. in real life. It's like, where is this coming from? If we're not seeing it on our daily lives... Well, people hide behind the screens, you know, don't they? They hide, spewing, they hide behind, you know. and they're anonymous, a lot of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They can say what they like, there's no repercussions. You know, you can't do that in real life. Mm-hmm. Some people so, do. Well, yeah. some people do, but the percentages are quite small in regards to yeah. that. But I think I think mo- the majority of most people that I've ever talked to that come out, finally do the transition and everything, all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, this is not anywhere near as bad as what everybody was making it out to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, mine was the know, same way here in know, deep uh, south Alabama. Well, and I mean, you yeah. know, the one thing that we talk about too in fear when we talk about it, and I mean, obviously a lot of, all of this is generated by fear, but always remember, and that's the one thing that I try to mention to people all the time is, is that with fear, it not doesn't necessarily think it's, mean it's a bad thing. Fear can mean that you're getting ready to do something that's going to be better or that's going to be more exciting. or that's You hope going- it will be better. Hope it will be better. Yeah, you can. Yeah. But based on percentages that I've found, most people, when they, they get over their fear, they find out that on the other side, it's so much better. And that's not even just in, that's not just transition. That's in numerous things in people's lives. But, you know, it's that fear that holds people back from making change. Oh yeah, it's the fear. You know, if you if you don't control your fear, your fear controls you. Yep. Is it that yeah. that simple? That's what I've told people too. It's like your fear will, and I've told my son that. It's like being afraid controls you. Mm-hmm. You don't control so I, it. I think it I would, controls I think you. I would, advise, I would advise someone to okay, yeah, there's going to be some fear, mm-hmm. but you can work through that. You can eliminate your fears by examining, you know, what the root cause of those are. And coming up with strategies to get around them. But and also remember that when you do come out, there's a huge community of people out there that will be helping you and supporting mm-hmm. you through it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah you, you don't really, transition alone, that's for no, sure. You don't, you don't transition no. alone. No. Some people will have a really difficult time with it with family and friends. But again, that's not you, that's them. That's their issue, it's not your issue. Mm-hmm. You know, you may you may lose people, yes. Um that is that is an unfortunate part of it, but you know, hopefully, as those people you've lost, you know, learn themselves, they'll come back, they'll realize that they've done something wrong, and uh, yeah. well, you know, come back into your life at some point. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, they do definitely, um, and that's one of the things too that I've, I, I, I firmly believe in that fam- that uh, family is not just blood. No, family is chosen. A lot of family is chosen. Is chosen, you know, and I mean, when we take a look at it, I think the trans community is, is, uh, for the most part, um, very much family. We always all support ourselves and everything else. There are some that we've talked about that maybe not so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we, have, we have some black sheep. In the we do, family. but it, like in every every community, there's going to be black sheep. There's going to be individuals that are going to fight yeah. back, and, you know, one's, do things. Ones that voted for that. Trump over here, for instance. Yeah, but, you know, but <laughs> overall and in general, 
I mean, I don't think I've ever met, you know, the majority of the people that I've ever met in the trans community, it's the first thing they want to do when they finally are able to be themselves and, and that they want to help somebody else right away. Oh yeah. The giving, giving back right in that. What can I do? What can I do to move the movement forward? What can I do for community? What can I do for others? Um, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why um, I really, truly believe that trans people are extremely strong, very open-minded, very accepting of everything around them, so long as it's not obviously to do with hate or any of that sort of stuff. But again, um, I think it goes a long way, uh, and the community is fantastic. I think it's probably one of the most tight-knit communities. Oh, yeah. We, we all become an activist to one degree or another. Yeah. I mean, look, look at you, Vicky, and what you've done at your company. Sure. And, and what you did Huge. dealing with Huge. that spa. You know, none of us really want to become an activist to a degree, but we no, see. No, I mean, it just kind of happens because that's mm-hmm. what you're dealing with, you know. So, yeah, it just kind of happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Improve, improve, improving your own life helps improve all the others that come after you. Yeah. And, and surprisingly enough, you know, when uh, we as trans people, we don't realize the amount of other people that we actually touch out there. You know, right. we may consider or do something or talk. I mean, in, in, in a lot of cases, uh, you know, people will follow you, for example, on social media and you won't even know who they are, or what they're about or anything. But you are doing something significant for them. You're helping them move forward or you're helping somebody else maybe understand themselves a little bit better or whatever the case may be. So they get inspired by you or by your transition and where you've been and what you're doing. Um, yeah. I, I get comments like that, and I'm like, thank you. I, I don't know why you are, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, so, I mean, just, just doing this today, I mean, this hopefully people will see right. this, and it helps to answer some of their questions maybe. Yeah, and they yeah, see so, you, yeah. and they hear about what you did, and they're like, okay, well, I can I can, I can. Yeah. Yes, you can be trans and successful mm-hmm. in your job and have a perfectly – Yeah, yep. and have a good life. life. Yep. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's one of the things that people have to realize, too, is that all of these individuals, uh, you know, the turfs and everybody else are so far against us. I'm sorry to say, but there are many of us who are, you know, Mm -hmm. successful in our jobs. Mm -hmm. We pay our taxes. We, uh, you know, we do some pretty incredible things. I mean, you look yeah. at... Yeah, you know, for the most part, we just want to live our life and yeah. love who we love and leave us alone. Yep. That's, yeah. we'll just go on our merry way. Straightforward life and mm-hmm. uh, just like everybody else. We're not yeah. Just like everybody else. Amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. We just would like that, just like what everybody just, else wants. Just, just like everybody else. Gee whiz. Mm-hmm. Gosh golly. Yeah. What a, what a novel concept that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were saying... For sure. So, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, uh, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today, uh, Vicky. You, you have, have me on. It's our really inspiration. Good. In yes, thank you. It's good. Good to talk to you. And you know, making break, you know, breaking ground in your organization and continually making change. Uh, you know, um, our community is much better off having you in our community. So we very much appreciate mm-hmm. that. And yeah, thanks for doing what you do over there. Yeah. Well, I mean, thanks for having me on. It's been great. I've enjoyed our discussion today. Yeah, I just hopefully we can continue with these things and make even greater yes. changes, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no Good. question. So you keep keep yeah. doing what you're doing. Keep doing you what will. you're doing. Uh, definitely, we will, uh, you know, reach out again. And, uh, you know, somewhere down the road, we're going to get, get you back on the show and get some updates mm-hmm. and find out what's going yeah, on sure. and what's changed and that sort of thing. And, uh, 
Yeah. I mean, all of the best to you, Vicky. We uh, yes. again very much appreciate uh, everything and uh, having you come on the show. So uh, that's it for and, trends. And thanks everyone for watching out there yeah. for for all your comments and stuff. Nobody had really a question no, uh, but for Vicky, but uh, thanks for for being here with us and watching. Yeah. So. Again, thank you so much. Uh, if you do watch this again, uh, and I know we usually get a whole ton more people watching this after uh, our live show, um, but if you like, just do hashtag uh, replay, or if you want to have any other comments or anything, please do so. Outside of that, uh, it's, uh, it's still the weekend, so have an amazing weekend. Mm -hmm. um, enjoy yourself, and, uh, you know, uh, biggest thing that I want to give and take away is uh, be real, you're valid, you're loved, be true to yourself. And be I'll, authentic. Be authentic. So be authentic. outside of that, have yourself an awesome weekend, everybody, and take care. Yeah. Bye. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to Trans Talk Raw. This episode has been brought to you by transgenderlifecoaching.com. Please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Time for us girls to party. Join us again for our next episode of Trans Talk Raw.